0: Welcome to the Awakening Church podcast. We pray this message encourages you and provides the hope and light of Jesus Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Last week, like Dave said, we kicked off a brand new series, Life is More, the surprising paradox of abundant. Living. And I ask this question How do you end up with more of what really matters in life? Or the way Jesus would ask it, it is like, how do you take hold of life that is truly? Life And Jesus said this, we, we studied the parable of the rich fool, that there's actually more to life than having more in life. And we all know this, we get this. And the reason why is actually that life is more than just here and now. There's far more to you than just a body. In fact, we said it this way, or Dallas Willard did, said that you are a spiritual being with an eternal Destiny in God's great universe. That is your reality. And, and what we do with our time on this planet here and now matters and impacts all of eternity. And Jesus would say that a lifestyle of generosity is actually how we invest eternally. And so this week, we're going to continue and pick up Jesus's sermon. Uh, But before we do, I just wanted to begin, because as as I just kind of sat with that phrase, life is more, there's some words that just began to kind of bubble up. And I thought maybe these same words might be bubbling up for you. Because when I feel life is more, Maybe this is how you feel as well, that life is just more busy, isn't it? Like, like doesn't it seem like, we, didn't we make some commitments to ourselves once the COVID, like, uh, like shelter in place? And like, we're not going to get back to as crazy as it was. But doesn't it sometimes feel like we're busier than we were before? It's just so Busy. And I mean, in Silicon Valley, we wear busyness as a badge of honor. How are you today? Busy. I know. I got it. Life is more busy. Life is more uncertain, isn't it? Doesn't it feel like life is more uncertain than ever? We got wars going on. We got threats and rumors of wars. We have uh, all that's happening in our political world right now. Um, The economy, um, uh, there's a recession that's been looming and it just looms. It's like the, it's just out there. It's like the storm that doesn't quite come in, but it's just out there. And it's so uncertain what's going to happen. And as a result, I think, Life feels more chaotic, doesn't it? Less settled. It's just feel like there's a sense of uh, maybe frenetic energy that it's just chaos. And at the end of, and in fact, in our survey, many of you said this, that life is more anxiety filled, just anxious, because it's more busy, it's more uncertain, it's more chaotic, And so it's just anxiety-filled. It just feels like, gosh, my heart rate is speeding. And I don't know how to slow it down. My mind is spinning. And I can't quite get it to stop. And then there's the other side of life is more that's where many of us i think are but then there's the other side of what we want long for that life is more meaningful that's what we're hoping that we want to learn from Jesus is like how do we experience that meaningful purposeful life like 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 the beautiful life life is more fulfilling or you're just not going through the motions, eking through the day, like we said last week, ever striving, never arriving. But it's actually more deeply enriching and fulfilling, and life is more, as a result, enjoyable. Or it's just this sense of, you know, uh, in uh, the Jews had this saying in the Hebrew scriptures. It's it's the Hebrew word shalom. It's it's the sense of well-being, the, the place of where your heart is at rest and there's peace. It, it's not just the lack of strife and anxiety. It is the full presence of God's peace in a way where you are able to be present and simply enjoy what God has provided. Where life, then, as Jesus would say, is more abundance. And that was his promise, right? I have come that you have, may have life, and life what? More abundantly. But if we're honest, if we're really honest in Silicon Valley, most of us do not experience the abundant life that Jesus is offering and if, we're, if I'm honest, I can honestly say that I, I can bend so much to the left side and look to the right as if, yeah, one day, someday. Maybe, is that what retirement's for? <laughs> right? That, yeah. I, that's not just what retirement's for. I have to make enough money to get there one day. That's what we believe. And in fact, what Jesus is going to say is so powerful. And it's actually so incredibly clear. It's, this is so powerful. I remember when I was studying It's the sermon Jesus gave, also in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, and I remember when I was studying this passage, I have dealt deeply with anxiety and depression over the course of my adult life. And isn't it funny that, um, like, the more you have, it doesn't, like, take away anxiety. It produces more anxiety because, why, you have more to worry about, <laughs> um, that's why when you get the new car, you're more worried. You, the old car, you didn't care. You know, who, you parked it anywhere. The new car, you're like, don't scratch it, right? Because the more you have, the more you have to worry about. And I remember when we had kids, all of a sudden, my anxiety shot through the roof. I was that guy that was staring in the backyard. My mind was spinning at, in the middle of the night, searching for people who weren't there. They are going to break in, but I couldn't get my mind to stop. And it was just fear was dominating And I remember just simply studying, sitting in this passage changed my relationship to anxiety. The very words of Jesus is so powerful and so clear. And what I want to do in our time when we are going to kind of exposit the Scriptures, explain the Scriptures, is actually do something very ancient together. And it's, it comes out of the benedictine order of a way of praying through Scripture. And I, I believe Jesus' words are so clear and so powerful, they just need to be read. And so what we're going to do for the next several minutes is a practice called Lectio Divina. And what I want to do is take you through a process where you don't... Just hear me explain God's word. You just get to hear Jesus' words, Jesus' sermon for yourself, and then get to hear it again, and then get to hear it again. Lectio divina literally means um, uh, the divine word, and it's this process by which we meditate on God's word, and I'm gonna give you a prompt, and then some space And then I'm going to read slowly through the scripture and then give you time to wrestle. And then I'll give you another prompt. And then I'm going to read again slowly through the scripture. And we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us. He wants to speak to you right now. He wants to speak to you out of his word to you in a very specific way That will not only encourage, it will convict and will call you into that side of more meaning and purpose and fulfillment and enjoyment and away from the busy and the chaos and all the rest. And then after we're done, I'm going to read it three times. I'm just going to close this with a point and then we're going to partake in communion together. All right? Does that sound like a plan? So, what I want you to do is, I want you to get settled. If you're comfortable, just go ahead and put two feet on the ground, get comfortable, invite Robbie to just begin to play some light music, take a deep breath in. Another deep breath in. Now, begin to quiet your mind. Settle your soul. For many, this might be the very uh, first time you've had to stop and just be. And it is in the quiet and the stillness where the Spirit of God speaks. And so right now, would you welcome the Spirit of God and invite Him to speak to you? As I read the scripture this first time through, I want you to pay attention to a word or phrase that stands out to you. Maybe that the Holy Spirit highlights to you. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, Why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God's clothes, the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you you of little faith, and do not set your hearts on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. For your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroy. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be awesome. Luke 12, 22-34. a second time, as God has highlighted a word or a phrase, which you begin to ask and pray with him? God, what are you showing me? What are you saying? I want you to pay attention to what emotions and what feelings are arising within you. Then Jesus said to his disciples. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds." Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, who you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you'll eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. third and final time. You paid attention to that word or phrase and invited, Jesus, what are you calling me to do? What emotions are arising? Now, ask the question, Jesus, what are you asking me to do with what I've just heard? How am I to respond to your word and to your teaching to walk in your ways. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, or about your body, what you'll wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you'll eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor, Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroyed. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. he's just going to sing over you a little bit right now. As you bring to God, as he's spoken to you, God, this is what I'm going to do in response to your word. If he dresses the live with beauty and splendor, how much more will he how much more will he clothe you if he watches over every spell? How much more does he love you? How much more does he love you if he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor? How much more will he clothe much more will he clothe you if he watches over every sparrow? How much more does he love? You? How much more does he love? we thank you that you are our provider we thank you that you didn't just leave us here to try to figure out how to do life but you are life and you simply said follow me And so, Father, I pray for my friends as we've just sat in your teaching under your word with your spirit. Would you give us the wisdom to know what to do and then the courage to do it? In Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you, as I believe for many of you, the Spirit of God highlighted something. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down, and then, as you go to brunch or lunch or some with a friend or uh, maybe a spouse or someone, share what God's was showing you, and then take the next step. I told you I wanted to close just simply with. Uh, how do we get the Life is more in a point from here. And from this text, one of the things that we see is that actually generosity and a lifestyle of generosity of what we talked about last week is actually this pathway to truly enjoying what God has provided. It's the paradox to abundant living, friends. We think when we get more than We'll be able to truly enjoy it. And we keep accumulating, and we're more miserable. You know, I was sick all week long. And so, you know what happens when you're sick? Um, you watch uh, the Today Show. Um, and so, as was homesick. I flipped onto Today Show, and it said that in America consumer debt is at an all-time high at 1.8 trillion dollars what's interesting is life is more busy life is more uncertain life is more chaotic and life is more anxiety filled and our antidote to it is spend more on ourselves and it's producing things in us it's producing anxiety and stress and angst and it's killing your soul the paradox to abundant living is a lifestyle of generosity where we recognize that wherever our money goes wherever our treasure goes our heart follows and when I begin to say, this is not mine, but God, this is yours and I give it back to you and I honor you first with all that I have. And I begin to look around and say, God, you've given me a lot so that I can give a lot. You've placed me on this planet to be a light and a resource to everyone around me. Then you begin to experience the life that is truly life. And here's what's fascinating. Jesus spoke these words 2,000 years ago. The best research of our day says exactly the same thing. Christian Smith, Hillary Davison, they're sociologists at uh, Notre Dame. They wrote this book called The Paradox of Generosity. They did a multidisciplinary study. uh, And it was over a five-year Uh, the scientific research behind generosity, this is their conclusion. If Americans want to be happier, healthier people who live with greater purpose, suffer less depression, enjoy more personal growth, one way they might better accomplish that is to learn to be more generous. The scientific evidence shows clearly that more generous people are doing significantly better in their lives in many ways important ways so life is more what we do with what we have and how we steward it is going to determine how you fill in that blank more meaningful more chaotic more anxiety filled because it determines where our heart is who has our heart and whether we really trust him to be the God who provides all that we have and by the way generosity is the default of God that's why we're going to partake in communion is the way we experience eternal life life abundantly is because of God's generosity John three sixteen, the most famous verse in the world is for God so loved the world that He gave. An act of giving, an act of sacrifice. The way we say it at awakening is we believe the church should unleash extravagant generosity to a hurting and broken world because we have an extravagantly generous God. He who did not spare his own son, but graciously gave him up for us all, how will he not, along with him, give us all things? And so, as we close our time, I want to bring you to the table. I want to bring you to the table of God's generosity for you his lavish love for you poured out to remind you that God's disposition towards you is not withholding but he has given him very his very self for you and then for us to simply take the little words the little application that he showed you in our time together and make that your prayer And then make that your practice this week. Jesus, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the moment that your word is powerful. Thank you that you you came for us because you loved us. You loved us before we were lovable. And you wanted us long before we ever wanted you. And so we remind ourselves of your great love and generosity. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were blessed by this message. Please subscribe to our podcast for access to every episode as they're uploaded. And hey, we'd love to connect with you. Take a next step by filling out our virtual connection card awakeningchurch.com slash card.